temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Think about how much fun you had watching the game yesterday. And it was a great instant classic. That's why we love the NFL. Do you think you had nearly the amount of fun watching the game that Jason Kelsey did? I don't know if Jason Kelsey had a shirt on from the middle of the first quarter until the game was over. I mean, I didn't see it. I know he had a shirt on walking into the stadium because I've seen the video of him tailgating and pregaming with Bills fans. That was really cool. I think he took a shot out of a bowling ball, if I'm not mistaken, which sounds like a great time. Travis scored that first touchdown, and the exuberance that I saw from the big fella, it was really inspiring. You're not cheering hard enough for your team or your family members, if you don't react the way that Jason Kelsey did to a Travis Kelsey playoff touchdown was really inspiring work. Good for him. I know that people are tired of seeing Taylor Swift on television. Doesn't really bother me, but I know people are tired of it. Every time they seem to show her box, they seem to be having a great time up there. Like every single time they cut to Taylor Swift And anybody that's in that suite, it just looks like one of the most fun times you could have watching a football game. Everybody's happy. Everybody's high five and everybody's hugging each other. Everybody's drinking. Just everybody just looks like they're having an amazing time. Rob, they keep adding more celebrities. What was Jared Carmichael doing in there? What's the other woman? Kara. What's her name? Taylor's friend. What does she do? Uh, I believe it's pronounced Carla Delevingne, but Who I don't is she? know. What does she do? She's a model. She was also in that horrible Justice League movie, not Justice League movie, a Suicide Squad movie. Like, she's a super famous person. Can you imagine when you, somebody asks you, hey, what do you what do you have up for the, for the weekend? Oh, I'm going to Buffalo. For what? What for? You know, I'm going to the game. Where are you sitting? Oh, I'm just hanging out with Taylor Swift this weekend. Just seems like an incredible time. It really does. All right, let's talk about Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. The two players who I think benefited the most by the Chiefs not playing the final week of the regular season and just giving their bodies and their minds time off and telling them, hey, you take this week to rest up, get all your treatment, because we are going to need you in the postseason. It's been Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. That Travis Kelsey that we saw was the Travis Kelsey of old. 
This has not been a typical Travis Kelsey year. The numbers are down in almost every single metric. Didn't have 1,000 yards this season, only had five touchdowns. He went seven weeks without scoring a touchdown. Yards per catch was the worst that we've – like this was the worst version of Travis Kelsey that we have seen. But just like that old man game that still knows how to get a bucket when you need to. He still knows how to get open. He still knows how to beat zone coverage. He still knows how to find the end zone. He was incredible yesterday in a game in which they really needed him to be. Rasheed Rice had a normal day. Not putting his day down. It was, it was a normal day. Four catches, 41 yards. Didn't really have a lot of big plays. Buffalo did a good job against him. They did not do a good job against Travis Kelsey. Five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns, the heart emoji to his girlfriend, waving goodbye to all of your fans in the stands. That was a vintage Travis Kelsey performance. You know that saying, big players make big plays in big games. This was a big game. You needed the guys who have that playoff experience. Travis Kelsey has played and won a postseason road game before. You needed the veterans that have played in these games before to set the tone and set the tempo. You know you were going to get that from Patrick Mahomes. You also got that from Travis Kelsey yesterday as he turned back the clock. I remember, and maybe it's just a social media thing, and it wasn't the general sentiment of fans, but I remember on social media, and I was getting some texts from friends, when Andy Reid made the decision to not play Travis Kelsey in Week 18, there was some consternation from fans. Hey, how, how come he didn't chase that? illustrious streak of tight end yards. How come he's going to come up 16 yards short? Just go out there, get two catches, ice down. There was some frustration among the fans that that historical marker was not going to be on Travis Kelsey's resume anymore. But you know what? Kudos to Andy Reid. He had what this show refers to as the vision. He saw the long game. He saw the wider scope. Travis Kelsey coming up 16 yards short of a thousand doesn't matter at all because he looks like last year, Travis Kelsey again. And you know, I've been very hard on this wide receiver group because they stink, but they were built with the mindset of Travis Kelsey is going to be a dog and it takes the load off this group. Yep. And, and yesterday he was a dog. And yesterday we saw that again. We saw what Brett Veach thought he'd see for 18 weeks in the NFL season. Travis Kelsey would be a 1,300-yard type of guy. He'd be wide receiver one. He'd be that star player, and everyone else would just fall in line. It didn't happen during the regular season. But with an extra week of rest, he appears more like his old dominant form, and I have to eat my words a little bit because wide receiver pressure falls off immensely when Travis Kelsey looks like the undeniable first ballot Hall of Famer. He looks healthy. He looks fresh. He looks recharged and ready to go. Kudos to Andy Reid. Who cares about regular season stats when you are healthy and playing your best in the postseason? There, we have been very fortunate to see some all-time duos in our lifetime. You know, Shaq and Kobe, LeBron and D-Wade, Brady and Gronk. Montana and Rice, you know, we have seen some great one-two punches, some great one-two combinations. Venus and Serena, if you were going to talk about all-time great duos in the history of sports, that list has to include Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It has to. It has to. The connection that those two players have and now having the most touchdowns of any one-two punch in the history of the league. 
they got more than Brady and Gronk. Brady and Gronk were in the postseason every year for 10 years, it felt like. They have more touchdown connections than those two individuals. If you were going to make a list of the greatest one-two punches in the league, and your list doesn't include Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as one of the best that we've ever seen, then I can't take your list very seriously. That's where we are in these two guys. Yesterday, you saw one of the best versions of Patrick Mahomes and how efficient he was. He completed 74% of his passes, a 9.3 yards per attempt. This team actually had big plays down the field, something that this offense didn't really have a lot of. You got two passes over 30 yards to MVS, and he also had a run for over 20 yards. So Mahomes brought the big plays. He didn't turn the football over. The Chiefs, again, are 8-0 in games in which Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw an interception, and they got the best version of Travis Kelsey that they've gotten since October. That is a resume that can help you go on the road and win a playoff game against any team in the league. Explosive plays are the key to success. And I talked about it earlier when we argued about the run game. The Bills, one of the reasons I think they lost that game, on top of missed field goals, and near turnovers is they just didn't have any explosive plays. I think it's our friend, Brian Baldinger, Baldy breakdowns pointed that stat out. They had no explosive plays in the game yesterday. The chiefs offense was explosive. Again, the chiefs offense was dynamic. Again, the chiefs offense was a threat all over the field. Again, it looked like I was watching the 2022 chiefs all over again. It looked like I was watching that game against the Jags. It looked like they could do whatever they wanted at will against the Buffalo bills Everyone was open, and they were making big plays both in the pass and the run game. I don't know what they did this week. They need to, like, personally, professionally, whatever. They need to do it over again because if that's the offense they have heading into Baltimore, they are a real problem for the Baltimore Ravens next Sunday. Coming up on the other side, we're going to be joined by Josh Klingler. Klingler was on the sideline yesterday for the Chiefs Radio Network. We'll get his first-person account of what it was like to be at the game yesterday as the Kansas City Chiefs advance to another AFC championship game. We'll get Kling's take on yesterday coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's George Karlaftis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Josh Klingler. You guys obviously know him from Fesco in the morning. He also does sidelines for the Chiefs Radio Network. Kling, how you doing today, my man? I got a little midday nap in, feeling great. Um, you know, uh, we can wait till Sunday for the next one, though. I'm cool with that. I was just going to ask you, how many hours of sleep are you operating on in the last, I don't know, 36 hours? Well, there was a two-hour flight back, and I... I can't say I slept, but I had my eyes closed. Uh, I think I got like 15 minutes between the airport and the facility. And then, uh, and then I got about, I got about uh, two and a half hours here in the middle of the day. So I, I guess I'm all right. Right now we're joined by Josh Klingler, part of the Chiefs radio network. He does sideline. Kling, take us on the sideline when they win the game because one of the images for me that I'm going to remember from this game is Pat does the interview with Tracy Wolfson and he is running off the field and he is smiling like a kid that just got a brand new video game console for Christmas and the fans are throwing ice and he got hit with one of the snowballs and it was like that made his smile bigger. Like he just enjoyed how upset that they were that they had lost that game. Take us through the sideline when they missed that kick and Buffalo fans realize that they are not advancing in the postseason i mean it was as if the the volume got shut off because the crowd was awesome it was it was a really fun atmosphere a lot of times for chiefs games now we see a lot of chiefs fans you know travel and find themselves in the building and there's usually a big group there wasn't as big a group this time by any means i mean they were thoroughly outnumbered and so it was a it was a true road hostile atmosphere and, and yeah, if you turned around and say, I don't know, flip the bird to the crowd, you were getting snowballs, right? And so so um, Patrick wasn't that way, but he was, he was just relishing it. I, I think he, you know, felt like, well, this was part of being hated on the road. And I think that they had a lot of fun with it. But when they missed that field goal, Carrington, it's as if the stadium volume just went off and you could just hear the, oh no, and it was just, and then all you could hear was like the chief sideline chirping. Uh, it's it's never usually that quiet where you can hear everybody, you know, hooting and hollering on on the the chief sideline because the crowd's usually doing something. I mean, they were absolutely gut punched. And then yeah, the ones that stuck around afterwards are probably a little bit mad. I was a little worried about the buses on the way out. I was kind of interested to see if that was going to get a little bit ugly. It really didn't. Um, you know, there were a few people flipping off the bus and stuff. And and then there was there were two dudes wearing Bills outfits. Um, they were, as the buses were leaving, that they were bowing down. And I thought that was, that was, those were the, those are the two guys that got it. Like, yeah, you got us again. Kling, it almost felt to me as if a couple of their star players just really fed off of that energy. Like Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned how he carried himself coming off the sideline. You also saw Travis Kelsey, like he's blowing kisses to it. It felt like the it felt like the the leaders of this team, the guys who have played in these games over the course of the last five years, it really felt like they accepted the challenge of, hey, we have to have this mindset to go on the road and win an environment like the one we're going to play in. I mean, they, you know, as much as you tune it out, they couldn't have possibly been immune to 
I, I called it three out of every four national pundits who was picking Buffalo last week and basically saying that because they were playing this game at home, this was theirs. And so I think they use that as, as motivation. They had, yeah, they had a tremendous amount of fun winning on somebody's home field. That's kind of what I was asking you know, the guys I talked to after the game about winning somewhere else and how, how satisfying it is. And that's one of the best feelings in sports when you can kind of go and rip somebody's heart out, um, you know, and their soul in their building. And so this was definitely that. I mean, this is adding torment upon torment to a Bills fandom and a Bills team. I'm guessing the ones inside there as well, if they were given true serum, would tell you, oh, my gosh, we got these guys again. Like, we can't shake these guys. And so, yeah, Travis and, and, and Mahomes and, and, and Chris Jones was, you know, he was chirping with fans all night long and really kind of, I think, fueled his fire too. No, they, they embraced it. They had a, they had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you'd, you'd like to not have the snowballs, but it wasn't like everybody in this, there wasn't like 70,000 people were throwing snowballs. It was a select group of, of idiots who were doing it, right? So you can't paint the whole picture that way. But, you know, the, the, the Bills fans I ran into, and it was interesting because uh, going from pregame to, the, to my field assignment, you, I had to walk through the stands, and I got Chiefs logos on and stuff, and I really didn't get razzed. I mean, it, most of the people were pretty complimentary. They're like, hey, good luck tonight, you know, and um, we hope to beat you. Go Bills, you know, and they were, they, were, they were pretty cool. I think that they just really wanted to beat the, beat the Chiefs. Right now, we're talking to Josh Klingler of the Chiefs Radio Network, getting his thoughts about being on the sideline for the game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Kling, I led the show with there is a difference between having a great quarterback and an all-time quarterback. The Josh Allen played well. I think you could say that Josh Allen's two best games have come against the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it was the, uh, the 13 seconds a couple of years ago or last night. I thought Josh Allen played well in both of those games. Buffalo had three opportunities to go take the lead and potentially win that game. They got a three and out. They ran a, a very puzzling fake punt. They then got another three and out and had to punt the football. And then, I mean, they had first and they, they had first and 10 from the 27 yard line. They got one more yard. The rest of the game had to kick a field goal and they end up missing the field goal. Like you believe in that scenario that the Chiefs score because Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. There is just a difference between a guy like Josh Allen who might end up being a Hall of Famer and then having maybe the most talented quarterback that we have ever seen. And in these games in which these teams feel so even, that appears to be the difference just about every time. Yeah, and and last night, not about you, but I felt like first half Josh Allen was the best player on the field. And I thought he probably really had to be for them to win. And then, you know, I'll give credit to the Chiefs defense, but also in, in the second half, I mean, they didn't, they didn't allow him to get going with his legs, and that's when he's so good. And I would much rather have Josh Allen dropping back to pass. When I see him dropping back to pass, I'm like, all right, um, I'm, I firmly believe the Chiefs can, can defend you when he's throwing the football. It's when he's running that he becomes a problem. And for whatever reason, they took that away, and, and I thought it was like two halves of offense for the, for the Bills. The first half, I think, is how they can win a game like that. The second half is, oh, that's playing right into the Chiefs' hands. Now, whether the Chiefs dictated that and forced some of those things and took away his ability to do kind of impromptu stuff, you know, I'll give them credit because they have been good in the midst of games continuing to adjust and get better. And you look at the scoreboard, and they gave up seven in the second half last night. What, minus three rushing, I think, in the fourth quarter? I mean, they really kind of get after things as the game went on. Um, and then Mahomes, I mean, just did what he had to do last night. I think he was really good last night. His numbers aren't glossy or anything, but uh, they were super efficient. What did they needed to do? 
He made all the uh, the throws that, that needed to happen, and they ran the football, and uh, you can't have any argument with the way the Chiefs played offensively, especially when it was, what, um, 78 plays to 47 for the Chiefs. Um, they got dominated in time of possession. They didn't have the ball a lot, but they were, they were super efficient offensively, and yeah, credit Mahomes for not, you know, you could be in those situations, I think, where uh, we we're not we don't have the ball a lot. Oh, we gotta we gotta make something happen when we do. And I I didn't see that last night. It was real kind of process and really kind of staying in it and not trying to do too much and and, and being efficient and moving the ball down the field. So that was a that was a really well uh, scripted game for the for the Chiefs and I think two playoff games that have been that way as well. We're seeing them play uh, the best I think to their identity here in the postseason. Kling, you know I love my basketball analogies. I think that Patrick is a player that, you know, there's some basketball players that if you need them to go score 30, they can score 30. If you need them to Mm -hmm. rebound, they can rebound that day. If you need them to kind of set other guys up and play pass first, they can do so. I think Pat just takes on whatever this team needs him to be. Like, this team needs him to be, hey, we need you to take care of the football. We need you to maximize our possessions and play smart. The last interception that Patrick Mahomes threw in the postseason was the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. That is 164 passes he has thrown in a playoff game without throwing an interception. They have won all five of those games in which he hasn't thrown a pick. This offense, to me, really hasn't transformed as much as they have just eliminated a lot of those costly mistakes that really hurt them over the course of the regular season. Yeah, and, and another basketball reference because I've been kind of using that too. It's like a it's like a non-conference college basketball where I'm going to play 12 guys during the non-conference, and then I think of KU's always asked this question: How are you, you going to narrow your your rotation? And then, well, by the time conference season starts, they're playing seven and eight guys. I think the Chiefs did that on offense for sure. Like, yeah, we, we're going to try to play 12 at the beginning, and now we find the eight we could trust, and we're going to go there. Um, and then, yeah, Mahomes. I think he's probably going to still always battle that a little bit, right? In the postseason, he hasn't, but, um, you know, I think he's always going to battle that, you know, trying to do too much versus trying to do what exactly they need. I think that that's – I don't think we're, we're ever going to want to all take that away from him. Um, but when they're playing, yeah, when he just kind of morphs into, hey, what do we need tonight? Uh, he's at his best. When he takes off and runs, right? He didn't need to take off and run uh, really uh, yesterday like, we, like he has in, in some other games. Uh, but – uh, when do I need to run? I'll be smart about it, and I'll, I'll need to run. I'm not I'm not a runner per se, but I'll I'll do it if we need to. And so yeah, if he continues to 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 play like that, that's again that's accentuating your talent around you, and then stepping up, knowing you're the, you're also the best player on the planet when uh, the Chiefs needed to be. Right now, we're talking to Josh Klingler for a couple more minutes, part of the Chiefs radio network. He was on the sideline for the game. Kling, I think it's also important to really show respect to the guys who really stepped up as role players. I mean, this team is going to go as far as Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Chris Jones, et cetera. But you got to give a guy like MVS a lot of credit who had two 30-yard catches in this game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a 27-yard run in this game. That is the third longest run that he has had in his NFL career. Chamari Connor, who had 10 tackles in this game. Jawan Taylor, who I know has struggled with penalties this year. He wasn't a problem. Your tackles held up really well. Harrison Bucker. We always talk about total team effort and a complete team effort. That is exactly what this was against Buffalo. Yeah, and guy that got knocked out, Mike Edwards was one of those guys too. And Mike Edwards goes out and you're like, Oh man, you're already playing kind of, he wasn't exactly the, the, uh, the starter, you know, he was behind Brian cook. And then Shamari Connor has to step in and do some things. And then you bring, I mean, they just continue to kind of bring in guys on defense and seemingly not miss a beat. They've, they've had a, 
a little bit of a rotation. Derek Nadi's out, so you bring in Mike Pinnell. Um, uh, they've just done a masterful job of kind of weaving that picture and, and making sure that they have the – I mean, where would you be without Mike Edwards? I mean, who would have thought something like that would have been the case? MVS, right, if he was completely – if he was completely in the tank right now, would anybody be surprised? Well, no, he comes and makes a couple of big plays uh, in, this, in this particular game. Uh, CEH, if he'd have been in the tank this season and just said, I'm just going to play this out and that's done, we know he's got some other – aspirations as well working on his like nursing degree and like maybe he's thinking about well maybe this is it for football no he's continuing to kind of give you things here and there and uh, I guess credit credit whoever is in charge of the morale at times too like keeping some of those those guys that are that are in it you might need to, you might need to see another one this week Carrington it might be Nick Allegretti I don't know how the the, the I didn't like the Joe Tooney injury yesterday um, he did not look like uh, I mean he's, a, he's as tough as they get and he was, he was so hurt he couldn't go back in. And um, Nick Allegretti may have to be your starting guard for the remainder of, of the season. He steps into a, to a different role, and I think they'll expect him to not miss a beat. So, yeah, those, those uh, ancillary players uh, make special seasons, and I think that the, the Chiefs are showing a, a pretty good job of, of showcasing their depth. I'll get you out of here with this, Kling. I'm curious your opinion. We saw McCall Hardman – I'm wondering if you think that he will touch the ball again this postseason. Do you think McCall Harbin will get another touch this postseason for the Chiefs? I mean, the problem, Mary, is I think they're still looking for that option down the depth chart, right? But I thought really the last – they gave him an audition the last two games of the regular season, and I didn't really think gave you anything that said, yeah, okay, um, we can get you a little bit here. Uh, I don't fault him. They shouldn't – I mean, I don't know why you're – why you're doing that at the goal line in that situation when Pacheco took himself out, he ran the big run down to the, uh, to the goal to go situation. He took himself out of the game, limped off the field. Then you had Clyde, as you mentioned, had his, uh, had a 20, 20 plus yard run, give him the football there. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't just punch it in there, but from a receiver perspective, I mean, I guess he's going to get something because, I, I still think that they're going to need a, you know, a, a third and fourth wide receiver. So I think he'll be in that, in that little mix. So I will guess, yes, he'll probably touch the football. I probably don't need to see the jet sweep or, or anything from a running perspective anymore. I feel like that that was, those are some plays that worked like three or three years ago that probably need to be shelled. That is our guy, Josh Klingler, joining us on the show today to recap the Chiefs' win over the Buffalo Bills. He does sideline for the Chiefs Radio Network. Kling, I want you to go take a second nap, my friend. I appreciate you. Well, uh, also, uh, I, I did some, I did some uh, sourcing today. There is, there's no confirmation that, that Travis and Taylor will be at Allen Fieldhouse tonight. So just getting, just getting that out there. I, I do not believe, um, as of yet, I don't, think, I don't think Taylor's ready for Allen Fieldhouse yet. Do you? I mean, I actually think that she's ready for it, but just, you know, at Arrowhead, you can kind of watch the game in private. If she had to sit courtside at the game, I don't know if they could actually play the game. You're telling me that she's going to go to a place with, with seven to 8,000 college students. No chance. And, and uh, suburban moms like, no, no way, no way. That is our guy, Josh (laughs) Klingler. Appreciate you, Kling. Thank you, man. See you. Absolutely. That's Josh Klingler joining us on the show today. All right, you can time me, Rob. Let's talk about McCall Hardman for exactly five minutes. And when the buzzer, we will stop talking about McCall Hardman. Let me give you his stats from yesterday. He had one carry. That carry went for negative one yards. 
He had two fumbles in the game. He had one catch for two yards in yesterday's game. Now, I know that I said, because I know what Rob's going to say. Well, Carrington, you wanted them to give him the jet sweep and use him. There is a time and a place for everything. This was sweep the leg time. Buffalo, for whatever reason, decided to run a fake punt on their side of the field. It still doesn't make sense to me why they ran that fake punt. It almost feels like there was a mistake. Rob, it was fourth and five that they did this. This wasn't like fourth and two, fourth and five. They decided to run a fake punt. Shockingly, it didn't work. They got two yards. Kansas City then gets the ball. First and 10 from the 32-yard line. I'm thinking, go in the game here. It is 27-24. If you score a touchdown here and you go up 10 points, there's just not a lot of possessions left in this game. You can possibly end this game right here with a score and a stop. The Chiefs run a play. Isaiah Pacheco gets a 29-yard run. All right, he comes out of the game. I'm tired. It's first and goal from the one-yard line. 12 minutes to go. If you score a touchdown here, people are leaving the stadium. That's not the time to run the gimmicky play to McCall Hartman when he fumbled earlier in the, in the game. I know the Chiefs won, but, man, if that game had turned out differently, we would be criticizing Andy for not challenging the lateral early in the game. That was clearly a forward pass. We would be criticizing Andy for the play call to McCall Hardman. We'd be mad at Connor for not falling on the football. Dalton Kincaid saved Buffalo two separate times. They had a fumble in the first quarter, and he punched the ball out of bounds. Josh Allen then fumbles on their final drive. You're screaming, fall on it, fall on it. Somebody pick it up. Nobody picked it up. You can't give the ball to McCall Hardman on an end around on that play. You can't. Don't talk to me about, oh, it's the worst rule in football. Everybody knows the rule. Hold on to the ball. Protect the ball in that scenario. You can't do that. I never thought I would say this. Just give the ball to Clyde Everett to Lair. Throw a screen. I'd rather you run it straight forward with Blake Bell in that scenario than run an end around with McCall Hardman. That ended up almost killing the Kansas City Chiefs. Please don't give McCall Hartman the ball anymore this postseason. Not on an offensive play. If you want to put him in that Richie James role, we can talk about it. But you've tried it so far this postseason, and it has failed miserably every time you've tried to give him the ball. Please stop. That's five minutes on the dot. Do you want to talk about the breaking news about the vote? Or are you good? No, not yet. Okay. I really don't want to talk about it. I assume everything's good. They're yeah, going to the, put it on the ballot. The override veto has overridden veto has passed seven to two. April 2nd, the stadium three, eight sales tax extension will go on the ballot. Jackson County residents finally, yes, finally can vote on this. Also, the Royals have promised they will have a location decided by the end of February. Okay. No, I don't want to talk about it today. We can talk about it. You know what? Why don't we wait till Wednesday? Wednesday seems like a really good time to talk about this. I don't really want to talk about it right now. Do you want to talk about it? I really I, don't. I mean, I feel like we knew this was coming, and 
You know what? We have until eight. You know what? We have until the end of February for the Royals to pick a location, okay. and then we'll talk. You about know what? It. Then we can talk about it. Let's just wait. You know, why don't we wait until the Chiefs either win the Super Bowl or are eliminated from the playoffs, and then we can talk about the stadium. All in all, the moral of this is just let's stop giving the ball to McCole Hartman. You tried it; it was great. Hey, I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that he got to meet Taylor Swift. I'm happy that he's a part. It's good. We're good. No thanks. Let's stop. Don't give him the ball anymore. Give it to CEH. When in doubt, do something else. I'd rather them run a quarterback keeper, run a draw play with Patrick Mahomes and do that. Please don't do that again. That's it. That's all we need. Rob, can you do me a favor here? Because we got a little bit of time. And I don't want to, like, do a topic yet because don't worry. We have to still talk about a lot of the things that you have said over the course of the last three, four weeks with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not ready to do that yet. I went on Reddit.com, the Buffalo Bills. They have their own Reddit page, and I went to post-game thread. It said, Bills lose a heartbreaker to the Chiefs, and let me tell you that the comments, it got almost 5,000 comments. I want to read to you some of the ones that really inspired me. Rob, hit it. This is from Buffalo Bills Reddit. We're wasting Josh Allen's prime. He's a guy that deserves better. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Somebody replied under it. I think about this a lot. We need to do better as an organization. (laughs) Another person. I really can't take this whole losing to Kansas City in the games that matter most thing that the Bills have going on. I mean, when is it the Bills' turn? Never. It's never been your turn. The entire 90s, it was never your turn. It was everybody else's turn. It was Dallas's turn. It was the Giants' turn. It was Washington's turn. It's never been your turn. Like, when is it the Bills' turn? Why am I a fan of this team? I constantly ask myself every blanking year, why, God? Why me? (laughs) Bills fans, going through it. I love it. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. (laughs) Josh Allen has 27 touchdowns and only six turnovers in his 10 playoff games. He's also made it to an AFC championship game. He's not the problem. Sean McDermott is. Let's run his ass out of town. (laughs) Here's another one. How much trauma can we endure as Bills fans? We are constantly there for this team. When are they there for us? Add another wide right to the list. (laughs) Can you imagine getting on the internet to come together with other losers to talk about why you're a loser? (laughs) That's what this thread is. You guys are losers, you cheer for losers, and you're discussing losing. 
It makes me so happy. It warms my heart. I feel so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration or it is frustration, but we're not even mad. It's just sad. It's embarrassing. They played their hearts out all year long. And then that, a missed field goal at extra point range, it's, it hurts. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year, so at least they're consistent. <laughs> Consistency is key. <laughs> I'm all here dying. Guys, I love Stefan Diggs, but if you're going to complain and moan all season, you better make the biggest catch of the year when it hits you in the blanking hands. Welp, I'm done watching football this year. No way am I watching more of Taylor Swift and all this KC Glaze BS. Love you guys. I'm out until after the combine. <laughs> you're losers. <laughs> This is the most down bad I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it makes me smile. It makes me so happy. You're losers. Really, dude? Put your hand on your chest. Own it. You drop that ball. You, you keep saying you're him. You got the Jordan gloves. You want to be Mike. You want to be the vocal leader. You want to always talk. You always want to be intense. Make that catch. Coming up on the other side. Rob and I have a debate. I actually think that last night's loss is worse than the 13-second game for Bills fans. I'll explain why coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. The text line is saying that they want more Bill's Reddit comments. Oh, don't worry. Oh, we got we got a bunch of them. Don't worry. I got nothing but free time today. Nothing but it. We got Mitch Holtz coming in studio in about 10 minutes, and then that's it. It's just me, you, and Rob the rest of the day. Oh, I could keep going. I'm not exiting out of the page. I, I love reading them. So we were getting ready for the show today, and I told Speck and Rob, I said, I believe that last night's loss is worse than the 13-second game. Rob and Speck looked at me like I was crazy. Like that was one of the worst opinions that you could have. And this is my logic by it. And... I can say this as somebody who cheers for a team that perennially loses these kinds of games. I remember when Kansas went to Missouri for what I thought was going to be the last time back in 2012. I was willing to pay whatever to be at the game. I was willing to do whatever 
Because that year, you remember, Missouri was really, really good. And, Rob, I was convinced that Missouri was a better team than Kansas. I didn't care about Jeff Withy or anybody on that team. I knew Missouri was better than them. I went to the game. And I've never cheered as loud and with as much passion as I did that day for the Missouri Tigers. I don't know if I ever would have recovered from psyching myself up that much to see them lose that day. There are Buffalo Bills fans that have been in that position for years. You saw that 13 seconds, and you saw something improbable happen, something that may never happen again for as long as you and I watch the NFL. And you kept telling yourself, we always got to go to Arrowhead. Wait until they come back to Buffalo. And you know what? Your team that was 6-6 and didn't lose a game the rest of the year. That was as hot of a team that you have. You have a Pro Bowl running back, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. You went out and got a shiny new tight end that led you in receiving yards in this game. Buffalo constantly thinks about beating Kansas City every day you wake up. Your entire existence is about beating the Kansas City Chiefs. You psych yourself up in the game. This time it's going to be different. You're up at halftime. You're up. You're up heading into the fourth quarter. This is your opportunity. This is your chance to finally beat Patrick Mahomes. Not only do the Chiefs beat you, but what killed you every time in the 90s was a missed field goal, and that's how you lost? There were some Bills fans that spent a lot of time outside yesterday and spent a lot of money to be at that game. (laughs) They lost. (laughs) I would never get over that. I would never recover. Never. They own you. You might have thought it before yesterday. You now know they own you. You know it. You'll never beat the Chiefs. You won't beat them in Arrowhead. You won't beat them in Orchard Park. You wouldn't beat them at Swope Park. You would, there's not a place. You've never beat the Chiefs when it matters. That's worse than 13 seconds. It's psychological. Rob, you don't know what it's like to cheer for a team like that. You really don't. You don't know what it's like to psych yourself up. For all that time, spent all that money, you traveled, you came from out of town, This you finally were going to do it, and you lost again to him on a missed field goal? You'll never recover, ever. I don't disagree with you on the enormity of losing yesterday for the Bills, but man, losing on a historical marker, on a thing that's never been done, on a oh-my-goodness play like a 13 second game that lingers with you like I imagine Mizzou fans feel worse about the fifth down and they feel worse about the flea kicker than they do regular oh man disappointing losses because those are historical markers that stick in your craw forever the NFL and NFL media machine and all of that is going to be talking about that 13 second game forever is this game going to get talked about in a year from now 
outside of Kansas City, is anyone going to be like, hey, do you remember that game where the Chiefs played? This is going to go the way of a regular postseason game. This is going to go the way of it's going to hurt Buffalo and be a gloating point for Kansas City. But in Seattle, they're not talking about last night ever again after this week. But I don't think it matters how the random NFL fan feels. I think it matters how you feel about your team. Yeah, but if random NFL... Everything was lined up for Buffalo to go win that game yesterday. Everything. You were the hotter team. You were at home. You were up at halftime. Your quarterback ran for two touchdowns and threw for another one. It was finally going to be your time. You had a chance to beat the Chiefs in front of Taylor Swift, in front of, in front of Jason Kelsey. The Chiefs came in and took over your stadium. They showed their girlfriend all the time, their tight end who had two touchdowns, his brother shirt off. Jason Kelsey acted like he owned the place. They came in, took over your stadium, left with the win, and left you crying in the stands? There were some people out there that helped shovel that stadium on Wednesday. They spent $300, $400 a ticket. They want good seats. (laughs) They went home unhappy yesterday. They lost. I'm sorry. I don't care what NFL film says. Yes, that 13-second is credible. Someone on the text line makes a good point. Hey, the 13-second is an exhilarating victory for Kansas City. Last night was more of a demoralizing loss to Buffalo. If you're a fan that's been in that spot, you have cert- that's a loss that makes you question why you do this. Why do I continue to cheer for this team? Why do I do this? Why am I so emotionally invested in this? This keeps happening to me. I'm telling that is a loss that makes you question why you watch sports. You don't even want to watch the Super Bowl after that. You cheer for the Ravens with the passion of that running back we were talking about last week. They beat you again? <laughs> they beat you again? <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> you lost. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll get back to very serious football conversations with Mitch Holtz, his voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was there for the win yesterday. We'll get his account of everything that happened yesterday. Also, take a look ahead to the AFC Championship against the Baltimore Ravens. That's all coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 